Benson. I'm so happy you are joining me today on I'm Proud of You, Sis, but today is a series I'm Proud of You, Bro. Please like, share, follow, comment, and subscribe, and also find me where podcasts are available. It's Wednesday. I'm so happy to have this amazing guy here. His name is Kevin Thompson. He is a host. He's an entertainer. And this was the year my family had like sweet 16s. And I, we all, because you know how me and my family were really close, met Kevin Thompson. He was our MC for Leanne's uh, sweet 16 and my other cousin Priscilla's sweet 16. And we had such an amazing time with him. He just made the party just rock on that I even made sure that i booked him for Giselle and london sweet 16 and they're only 10. that's how amazing he was but i wanted him to come on to for he for him to share his story to where he came from how we got here what he sees for his future and hopefully you guys will find him as amazing as we did but i want to give him his cigars i'm so proud of him bro so welcome kev to the show yeah just in time for the holidays. If every if anyone, anybody looking for a great MC, host, entertainer for your party, Kev is the guy. He will knock it out the park. Everybody will leave feeling elated and excited. And he does from Mitzvah to 16. Anything that you need an MC for, he does. So Kev, welcome to I'm proud of you, bro. Hey, listen, well, I'm, before I even go in my spiel, I have to say I'm proud of you, sis. Congrats on the podcast. Congrats on keeping it going. Uh, as anyone knows, anyone can get started, but to stay with it and stay consistent, that's the beauty. And that's what separates the amateurs from the pros. So I'm proud of you, sis. Oh, coming from Kev, I will <laughs> thank you so much, Kev. So I am so interested because you are amazing that's number one number two you've you. worked with the likes of cardi b steve harvey queen latifah wendy williams you have a wow. list a list of lists of accolades so you are definitely been in the industry for a long time before the social media craze so you know your craft you do it well please tell me about your humble beginnings well so i'm a boy from brooklyn you know, uh, and, I saw that you're, I, and I saw that you were a mother of uh, twin girls, My which daughter. is awesome. uh, I have a twin sister. So shout out to what? twins, twin power. Yeah. Oh my God, twin power. <laughs> you know, so that's you, what it's you know all about. Crazy? My cousin Patricia and her late brother Patrick is a twin. Mm-hmm. And then wait, her wait, brother wait, they're, 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 you said Patricia and Patrick, they would, they're, they're, their last name wouldn't happen to be Ambrose, is it? No, it's not. Okay. It's not. Okay. It's not. Got it. I'm like, I know a Patricia and Patrick twin combo. That's insane if it's the same one. Yeah. Really? No, it's yeah. not the same one. And they're and they're and her niece and nephew are twins too. So twins actually run in our family. 
Same, same for me. And it runs on, I say it normally runs on the mother's side, but for me, it runs on both sides. My father and my mother's side have. Really? Have it friends. runs on both yeah. sides too. So that's so cool. I, you know yeah. what it was? It, I was one and done. See, what happened was people say have another one because now I have a single, if you have a single ten, it's easier. But dealing with my babies and my twins, I was like, uh, I, I, I'm not doing this again. It's First so and foremost, for those people that try to encourage other people to have children, damn them, all right? That is like the, why would you do that? You know, just like, let them live their life. Let them, let's stop, rushing these, let's stop rushing these life experiences. Everyone feels like everyone need to have kids. First of all, some of these parents don't need to be parents. <laughs> you know, I'm, and being a parent is very hard. I know this because I should be, I should big myself up, but I am down on myself so much when it comes to my son. He's 10 years old, same age as your girls. What? 2013? Yeah, correct. March 2013 for me. Wow, and, that's so crazy. <laughs> I didn't even know. And for me, it's been tough because, you know, every other week I could go back and forth with whether I feel like I'm a great dad or a horrible dad or great dad or horrible. I'm like, oh, I could have done this better. I could have do this better. Like, for me, it's all about gauging my reactions to a lot of things and really trying not to react and just respond because everything I do to this young man, he's going to get older and do to somebody else. So that's all I have. That's all I think about when I'm parenting him. And he's very active, very involved. Uh, he, he speaks pretty uh pretty old for a 10 year old. And that's because we kind of skipped the baby talk when he was younger. We spoke to him just like I were just how, how I'm speaking to you right now. It's how I spoke to my son. So now at 10 years old, he has a very good vocabulary, very confident. I always have him in front of my ring light and the camera and have him practicing his speech. If he's playing a video game, I want him to talk, tell me about the video game, tell me what's great about it, tell me what's horrible about it. When he goes on vacations, we come back and gives me a quick little synopsis. The kid likes to talk. He has the gift of gab. I'm He's not like sure who dad. you got it from. You like his dad. First <laughs> of all, like I say that you're an amazing, you're an amazing human being. You're an amazing father. Don't oh, thank you. please don't be hard on yourself. Your yeah. son is amazing because we're I think we as parents and, and any other parent in a new social media age, it just seems like we're not enough. It's like we're yeah. it's just so much information being thrown at us, and we're trying to do so much because I think we're the first kind of generation that. We want to live our dreams, but still be present in our kids' lives too. Yeah. So it so don't be hard on yourself. Please give yourself some grace. You know, we, we we're not perfect. We're gonna we're gonna make mistakes. But the difference is just having communication with your kids mm -hmm. and, and understanding that their feelings are valid too and listen to them. You don't have to be their friend to listen to them and to 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 make them understand that you understand how they feel. But I'm the parent. I have to give you boundaries. Yeah. I have to guide you. And we could be friends in our 20s. But for now, I feel with my kids like I'm their friend, but I just want them to understand that I also have to lead them the right way, too. I understand that. You know, and then for me as a father, I was raised by a single, a single mom, you know, Jamaican woman, tough lady. My mom is very tough. So she was very tough on myself and my twin. And because she was so tough on us, we were very much go-getters. Like no one had to tell us to fill out college applications. We were on top of that. We fill out we fill out our own FAFSA form. Like we did all these things. It's because we wanted to be great. You know, her her job. I feel like everyone, every generation has a job to do for their family to move their family forward. So her generation, what they did was they came to the states and they, you know, they had they gave birth to my generation, which is what I call 
the trial and error generation because they had no idea what they were doing with us and they were just trying things out, seeing what works. You know, I'm with I'm the trial <laughs> generation too because we we my parents are from Haiti. Um, they gotcha. came here and they didn't know to do nothing. We had to figure mm. it out. But that's what gave us our hustle. Yep, one hundred percent. We had to figure out everything on our own. Like it, like they, it wasn't handed to us. That's why I, with my kids, I I'm trying to give them that hustle. Because I feel like if we're giving them too much, they're not gonna have it. They're not gonna. It's it's, it's hard. They're not gonna because they don't have the same childhood that you had. You know, it's gonna be tough. And I see that with my son. He's not. He's a hard worker, but there's a difference between a hard worker and a hustler. You know, very big difference. He's a hard worker, but he's definitely not a hustler. And maybe it's a good thing that our kids aren't hustlers because they don't have to be because of what we've been doing because the foundation we laid. I say that because I host a lot of, like you said in the intro, I host a lot of bar and bar mitzvahs. For the, for the folks that are listening in that don't know what bar and bar mitzvahs are, this is a coming of age, a ceremony for uh, the folks that follow Judaism, you know, for, for your Jewish brothers and sisters. So at the age of 12 and 13, boys and girls are now men and women. And around this age, these kids have already been exposed to so much in terms of uh, traveling the world, donating to charities, being involved in their communities. And it's a beautiful thing to see. Now, a lot of this stuff, again, they're not hustlers, but their parents laid this foundation for uh, for them to be able to step into a room, understand what's going on, take advantage of certain situations, be, you know, align what they like with something else and continue to grow and create their own paths and their own, their own revenue streams and income and all that stuff. So it's a beautiful thing that our kids don't have the hustle in them, but now it's up to us to uh, have, I guess, allow them to grow in the areas that they've been showing some sort of, uh, sort of any sort of inclination. Like I'm interested in this, cool. I know someone that does this, I can line you up with this person. That's what our job is supposed to do. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like passing the baton. Like I feel like our job is- Correct. They don't, they, I don't think any kid should start from the starting line. I think wherever you're at, then you pass the baton to your kid and let them move forward. Yeah. Because yeah. that's how you take it advance. up a notch. Yeah, that's how you advance the generations to come. So I, I get I get what you're saying. I feel that it's like a like our kids are 10. I don't know what's gonna happen in six years. So mm. I'm preparing them, but it's cool what you do with the stream like because I'm trying to get my kids to get into podcasting. Yeah. Just so um to give them the entrepreneurial push in them, to give them an option, like if they don't want to go to college. It's nothing wrong with everyone doesn't want to go to college, but I feel like in 10 yeah. years, I think you most people are going to succeed who has their own business because a lot of people are having their own businesses now. Yeah, it's true. It is true. And to my note with the college thing is that I'm I'm not really going to make it optional for my son. <laughs> I want him to go. And this is why. I mean, look, look okay. This I'm, is okay, why. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying why. I don't why. want my why. kids to go. I'm not saying that, but I want them to hustle so much that if they go to college, it's because they want to go to college. In addition, I don't want to, you don't want to force a kid to go to college because a lot of these kids have a lot of student loans. I I, I don't know. Like I'm hearing these $200,000 student loans and I'm like, do I want my kids to have that? I mean, you got to see what school you send your kids to. See, I'm a proud graduate of St. John's University. Red Storm, ah! let's go. So I got a pretty good deal. You know, I was a pretty smart kid, so I graduated from that school. Keep in mind, I dormed all four years. You know, I'm from Brooklyn. I, 
I wanted to have that going away experience because if it was up to me, I was going to go to California and leave. But my mom wasn't trying to let me go. And my uh, girlfriend at the time lived in Brooklyn, so I didn't want to go too far. But I said, let me venture off to Queens and check it out over there. But St. John's University was $40,000 a year. You know, that's four years right there. Are, are, you, finished paying, are you finished paying your college loans? So, so let me tell you what's interesting about that. Yeah. I graduated with I graduated with only $19,000 in debt. That's how much money I got from the government because I had, I had I was a pretty smart kid. I was in every honor society, not every, but I was in the highest honor societies. There's like three high ones. I was in all three of them. Uh, so I got to do a lot of cool events for St. John's, being that I was like this special student, and I was involved in all different forms of just just campus life. I was in a fraternity. I was the president of my fraternity. I was what an orientation leader. So the fraternity I was in, especially if you have a lot of black followers and not going to be familiar with it, I did not join the Divine Nine. I was never interested. Um, not because I wasn't interested in Divine Nine, but my family was Jamaican and no one had any information to give me. They didn't know anything about fraternities. You know, in their mind, fraternities is what they saw in TV and the media, like all these silly things that happen. And there's so much more to it. But uh, the fraternity I'm in is Sigma Phi Epsilon. Uh, okay, so I, I have multicultural followers, right? Right. Multicultural. All right, so so shout yeah, out to the multicultural, multicultural followers. followers. I see yeah. you. I see you. <laughs> so we might have one. We might have one or two looking. So yes, um, because Bobby's platform is multicultural. So yeah, we have yeah. so we have the worlds here right now. So that's, I well, that. so you I'm, you're open to talk about anything and everything because good. our audience understands what is going on. Because there's bar mitzvahs and there's bar mitzvahs. The, the girls, the girls is so, so, one way. And so the bar mitzvah, the bar mitzvahs are for boys. The bot mitzvahs are for girls. See? Yeah. You, you know, what's interesting is that back in the, I think it was the nineties is when they started like actually having parties for girls before they never celebrated the girls. Yeah. It was only bar mitzvahs for boys. They never celebrated the girls. And so who came I'll up tell with you right the now, bot the bot mitzvahs? Who came up with the bot mitzvahs? Well, this has been, this has been going on for, for centuries. Oh, they just never celebrated the women. They just never celebrated them. Oh, correct. Or, or at least celebrated them the way they celebrated the guys. I should say it like that. I'm pretty sure some people were celebrated, but not like these humongous parties that are now part of a New York subculture or just but really I, United I States subculture. I love going to bar mitzvahs, by the way. I love. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you'd be a good time. You're such a you, you're such a positive energy. I know people are seeing you through the screen, but I've met this woman in person, and she's just so fun, so positive, just so happy. Like this is like this. Wait, no, you're you're this way. This is her all the time. <laughs> I. <laughs> this is that literally all me time. all the time. Like, so it's either you love me or you don't love me. I I I, I can't change who I am. I can't change your wife. It should be. That's how it should be. That's why you always lead with the most authentic, with your most authentic self. So if someone doesn't like you, it's like, all right, I'm happy you don't like me. You don't like me because you know who I am. You don't like what I'm about. Cool. That'll make this conversation a lot faster. So let me <laughs> you ask know? you another. So Ken, let me ask you a question. I get what you were saying about like, you know, your 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 sorority, your fraternity, right? When I was growing up, um, a lot of black and brown people used to say I was, I sounded white. I sounded like a valley girl, like wait. So it's like either they loved me or they didn't, or I, sometimes I, I felt like I didn't belong. I didn't know where I belonged. I know, I know it sounds crazy because mm. I went to a, a Caucasian school all my school life. What school, school did you go to? Oh, all your life. Okay, got it. Well, okay, so I went to St. Jerome's um, um, uh, Catholic school. And then it was on Notion and Flatbush. 
And then my parents took me to St. Thomas Aquinas that was on Flatlands and um, Flatbush. And then I got, I did it into like um, Long Island. So that's where I got the Long Island thing. And then I went to NYU. So I, I, nice. I didn't get to go. A lot of my friends, you know, got the experience of going to black colleges, you know, black schools, but my schools were, were all basically multicultural, different races. So when I go to black groups, sometimes they hear me and they're like, where are you from? So I used to get teased like I'm a Valley girl because I've always been this happy. And I guess sometimes you don't meet black women as this happy. So I, so how was yeah. it your experience um, with you being the way you are and fitting into different groups? Okay, well, first of all, congrats on the NYU grad. I see you, girl. Whoop, whoop, ow. <laughs> I've hosted a couple of things for NYU in the past, so that's a dope school. Now, I had a very similar upbringing to you. Uh, for me, I definitely started off going to a lot of uh, predominantly black and brown schools, but I did grow up in a Jewish neighborhood, so it's not like I, didn't, I wasn't aware that there were other people that didn't look like me in, in the world. I was definitely aware. It was more so when I went to junior high school. I went to junior high school over in Sheepshead Bay. So now I was like- Who did you go to? I went to Bay Academy. Oh, okay. So that, so that made me a bit more submerged in the uh, white culture. I was friends with a lot of, because in that area, it's a lot of Russians, uh, Ukrainians, people from Poland, you know? So uh, I was one of, I think, one of three or four black students in my uh, class. There was about a class of 30. My, my twin sister was the only black girl in her class. Uh, it was so funny, all her class pictures from sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, you see the one black girl right there in the center of the picture and all these white folks right around her. And so the way I battled that, I guess, well, one, it helped that I was funny. I was a pretty funny kid. So if you're going to come at me, you better come at me right, because I'm going to make fun of everything you got on. I'm going to make fun of your parents. <laughs> I'm going to make fun of, I'm just, I'm just going to make fun of you. So it's you got to come at me with your best. But I was definitely called, uh, you, no one ever thought I was from Brooklyn. No one ever thought I had a Jamaican background because <laughs> I don't, I, I've never sounded, I've always sounded like this. And growing do you, do up in the you same speak Patois? Can you, can you switch I could, it off? I could put, I could put it on, but that's exactly what it would be. I'll be putting it on, you know, mm, Jamaicans would it. know like, no, no, no. No, mom, me not like it, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? The real yachty, they'll know. They're like, no, he's putting it on. Uh, so I could put it on for a bit, but, but for the most part, I speak like this. When I was younger, as a kid, my subconscious spoke with a Jamaican accent. It spoke Patois and I would it pretty much filter it through my brain and said, no, you talk like this, you sound like this. Uh, I wish I didn't because I wish I had a more natural Jamaican accent, but you know, my mom watched the news a lot as, it, as when I was young. So I would see these newscasters speaking and in my mind, if that's how they sounded there on TV, I would have sound like that, you know? So I just, and the thing is I wasn't doing it intentionally. I really no, wasn't. wasn't. I just, no. I saw it because I, growing up in the same house, my twin sister doesn't sound anything like me. My twin sister very much has like that Brooklyn vernacular, you know, that this, that, and da, 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 yeah, da, da, da. Yeah. You know, my twin sister, <laughs> my twin hands, sister sounds like hands. that. Yeah, all, all, all that. My twin sister, you know, Pookie and them, right, right. Like my twin sister sounds exactly <laughs> like that. Keep in mind, girl's not ghetto at all, but she's ghetto adjacent, you know? She's not ghetto at all. Like not even a little bit. Ghetto but you is, know what? Girl, she knows how to turn it on and turn it off. Correct. Girl lives in, girl has a big old house in Long Island that she bought herself by herself. Like she's doing where, just where, fine. Where does she live in Long Island? He's like, why are you putting my sister's business out there like that? Ah, you know, I ain't trying to put it. Because <laughs> we could be neighbors. That's why. Because I live in Long Island. I'll, I let, live you in Long Island. I'll yeah, let you know off. When we get off, I'll let you know. 
is she married? Is she single? Single My sister's single. She's single. She's single. Um, well, single as in she's not married, but she does have a, a boyfriend for the last couple of years. Good. Um, they they are both nurses. Uh, both both work in healthcare. She actually just had a baby uh, with him. So I'm waiting for this man to propose or something. I don't know. I don't like rushing people into life decisions, but I'm just like, hey, bro, you got my sister pregnant, you know? <laughs> I feel like I feel like once you could, I, I don't know, maybe it's a different time. Everyone does things out of order. Well, and it's different. okay. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. There is, it's fine. Like, like there, like there's. Everyone wants to be unorthodox, and if they don't want to be, they they become it unintentionally. Uh, that's as we get I, as we get older, we become our parents. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, because it's just so tough. Because you know we know how tough parenthood is. So it's hard seeing a young man or a young woman enter it by themselves, knowing like, this is gonna be hard if you do this by yourself. Like my ex and I aren't together, uh, my son's mother, but we co-parent, you know, we split the week. Um, it's funny, cause most people think when they hear co-parenting, they're like, oh, you have them on like weekends every other weekend. I'm like, every other, what? If I could, I see my son every day, are you serious? Cause I didn't grow up with a father. So I know how important it is to be present in, in, in you know, a young man's life. Uh, and I want him to be, you know, have the best. I want him to get the best, be around the best. And it's important for children to see two perspectives growing up. Because for the most part, most parents, most mom and dads aren't the same at all in terms of they may have the same moral views, but how they approach it could be completely different. So it's good to see, it's good to have those two perspectives. Like his mom is very much she's a beautiful woman. She's very much about how she looks, a present, she's a hairstylist. So she's all about how she looks. Me, I could care less. I I'd wear the same shirt every day for the next five days. Could care less. Don't care how I look. I mean, I like looking nice, especially when I go to my events, but my everyday life, I'm using sweats. You know, I'm in sweats all the time. I work out all the time. Uh, but that said, I'm very big in education. So now he has that from dad. You know, um, she's way more punctual than I am. For me, I get there when I get there. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It's, it's, it's good that he has two perspectives because life is not just one 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 color one shade he so he can pick what he likes from you he can pick like what he likes from his mom and he can make it his he can make it his own yeah so you that's are exactly right. what he's doing i think exactly you are right doing. because because and you know what it is you get to you know what's so cool about having like two parents part of the kid's life when when it's like the kid just feels like i don't know i think they feel they're not missing something yeah. yeah you know what there, i mean like there's not that curiosity of like what else is there what else is out there yeah yeah, yeah. They're, like they're, when your mom and your dad content yeah like when you when you have because it's good that you guys co-parent because I, let me ask you a question why yeah. is it so hard for people to co-parent well because they didn't have the fundamentals built in the first place to even have a child they had no business making a child and they probably that wasn't their intention it was an accident and now they're just like hey let's continue and just try to figure this out when they had no business even being parents but it's tough because you know lust is a very real thing and once you understand that it's like the most basic uh essential need and that you know being with somebody because of their flesh is not a reason to be with someone once someone understands that they'll start being a bit more wise with the partners they choose to love or give their bodies to because a lot of people step into parenting not ready for it at all and it shows with the kids during covid you know all the entertainment jobs were done so i had my covid job which was a pretty dope job i was actually a director 
for a DOE location for a learning lab back when they had to do like hybrids where kids were going into school going some on days school, coming and going some home. days and coming home on the other days. So for, yes. so for the day so for the days that they were remote, New York City created these learning labs, which were not schools, but like school S sort of things where the students would go into these buildings and there would be counselors there sort of monitoring their monitoring them, making sure they're, you know, logged into the class, doing what they're supposed to do, not necessarily helping them do their work, but just making sure they're there. So they they served as proctors and I was a director of one of these buildings. That said, being there and seeing all these different schools, how they handle things, just seeing how the students are, I could tell which parents were involved and who wasn't, just from how the just from how the kids carried themselves. And these are kids that are like that they, they ranged in age from like six to twelve. So the fact that I could see it so uh, uh, just, just so, just so, right there in front of my face. I can't imagine what this kid, who's not being, who's not getting any attention at home, what this kid is going to be like in five to ten years. You know, um, God. And, and it's a sad, it's a truly sad thing. So it just, I, I try to, and not only do I try to spend time with my son, I try to like really give him, like, drop some gems on him every now and then. What I started, what I did for him when he was three years old, and I haven't, I've been doing it since. Ever since I created an email address for him, I have one too. And I would just, and I would just email him different things, like different random stories, something that happened that week. Like, man, you just did this. This was so dumb. I can't believe you did this. Oh, cool. Because it's like you know, it's 365 days in the year, but you, we're not gonna remember all 365 days. But something's no. happening every one of these days. So anytime something is big and fun that I know I won't remember, I email it to him. Um, and then I, he doesn't know anything about this. I'm probably going to give him the email and the password when he's like 30 years old. I'm like, here you go. You got some, you got some reading to do. <laughs> Cause I've always wanted to know about my life back when I was young. Cause I don't just tell him about himself, but I let him know what I'm going through. So now when he's going through those stages, now he's, when he's 30, he's like, oh, this is what daddy was doing when he's 30, 35. Daddy was feeling this way when he's 35, just so he won't feel alone. But I feel like a lot of people, especially as they get older, they start to feel really just lost and alone and just. Am I doing the right thing? Am I doing this thing right? Am I am I doing life properly? You know, I know. And, and then social media with that being there, oh you see what other God. people are doing. You're, you're constantly comparing and thinking like, should I be doing this now? Should my kid be doing this now? Am I too late for this? And it's just like, oh, stop it, stop it. Comparison is a thief of joy, you know, but it's hard to not do it when you have something right in your face. <laughs> you know, you know, you know I, I, I feel I, I feel that social media I pray every day, like for my kids to the social media thing is going to ruin generations to come because I, I, it's the first time if you're poor, like, cause I grew up in humble beginnings. Right. So I thought everybody was like poor, like me, you know, so we all went to school. We you all were the same. Yeah. Like, you so I didn't realize I was poor until I went to like, um, I think I was like 16 and we had to get a limo for our prom and my parents was like, they couldn't afford a limo. I was like, what? <laughs> like, but then, cause everybody was able to afford it. Except Girl, good for, for you. good for you that you found out at 16. I, I found out we were poor when I was 17 <laughs> filling out that fast I'm like, yo mom, how much you make? That's how, <laughs> what? How are we living? How did you manage to do all this? <laughs> oh my God. Yo, like a mother's love ain't nothing like a mother's love. We will figure it out. Let me tell you. But social media now, kids are finding out they're poor. Like, that's what breaks my heart. Kids are finding out they're poor. 
No, I know we're laughing, but it's, no. it's so sad. <laughs> but that's why I think it's messing our kids up. Because you're finding out someone's house, they're eating sushi and lobster. And I'm looking at me and I'm like, I'm eating ramen noodles. Yep. Hey, Yo, it, won't, it won't mess up your brain. No, it be no, it do it do be hitting, but every day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. Can I be honest with you, though, Danny? If there are two things, there are things that we have to do naturally just to live and you know have a productive life and not be crazy. If there are two things that I would I, I could never do ever again and continue to live and be fine would be eating and sleeping. I hate eating. I hate sleeping. I can't do it. I would. I only eat for sustenance to live. Because I know I need to eat this or I will die after a few you know, weeks. But because of that, I'm a creature of habit. I can eat the same thing for breakfast every single day. And I've been eating the same thing for breakfast since I was like 10 years old. Well, so what are you eating? What are you eating every, every single almost, day? Almost, almost every single morning. Because I don't like missing breakfast. That, they say it's the most important meal of the day. But I literally, I wake up and I'm hungry. I wake up, one, hungry, two, energetic. I'm very high energy. Like it starts in the morning which is why I tend to wake up, drop my son off from school, and then go run. I run five to 10 miles a day. Now, for breakfast, I'd make uh, either between pancakes, waffles, and French toast, one of those three, with, and pair that with eggs and bacon. So now that's every morning, every single morning, since I was probably younger than 10, but it was around 10, 11 years old when I started making it myself because I was in Jamaica one year. Um, you. You probably understand this. My mom every summer would send my twin sister and my younger cousin who lived with us down to Jamaica. And that would be our to vacation family, to the, the entire house. I go, so go, go, have go, go. It. They have their break. Una, go on, una, go on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, most of my family's still down there. So we'd be down there all, all summer. And for me, I'm an early riser ever since I was a kid. I wake up early and I'm like, who the hell's gonna make me breakfast? So no one's up to make me breakfast. So I remember taking that, the pancake mix and looking at the box and just reading. It's like, okay, got it. Okay, okay, okay. Let's, let's get this going. Of course, my first couple of pancakes were just as thin as paper. It was horrible. I mean, I'm excellent now. My pancakes are superb. But yeah. uh, it was because I, I, I couldn't wait. I hated waiting. I hated waiting. So I started making my own breakfast. I've been eating the same breakfast every morning ever since. Make the same breakfast for my son. Make the same make breakfast for myself. But uh, I, I guess that's the hustler in it. Someone couldn't do it for me. So I figured out how to do it myself. Same thing with editing. When I first started my career, which we'll get into, I would always have to get these different projects edited and this and that. And these people would just take forever. So when I sat down one day, I had a friend sit me down wow. and show me how to use Final Cut Pro. And ever since then, I've never hired anyone else. I edit my own stuff if I have to edit something. Because I have I know all the basics and then some. And I could get really good at that. Um, but I chose not to get great at it because I wasn't trying to make a career out of it. I just wanted to edit my own things. But I'm pretty good. If I show you my stuff, like if you look at my website, heykev.com, that first video that's there, it starts off with me interviewing Gabrielle Union for one of her movies. Uh, it starts, it, it's, uh, that whole thing was edited by me because I got the skills. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know? Yo, um, you know what? You know what? You know what? You got the skills because that was our generation. If we didn't understand something, we would figure it out ourselves. Yeah. Yep. And that's with anything. And I remember like my parents would tell me, don't work hard, work smart. Mm-hmm. And you are right because you're working smart. Instead of me waiting for someone to get it done, I'm smart. I'm intelligent. I'm, I'm a college yep. educated person. I can read. I can figure it out. Think about how much money you're saving just yep. knowing how to do it yourself. Right? Yep. 
That's that. why I think it's so, that's why I think the positive thing about social media is we are learning so much information that we're finding out we can do things ourselves. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's, it's a never in the history of mankind have we been privy to so much information. It's right there at your fingertips. So there is no, no, I can't do this. You know what my, one of my pet peeves when I'm inviting somebody someplace, I send them the address. They're like, hey, how do I get there? I'm like, what do you mean, how do you get there? Google Maps. Matter of fact, don't come. Don't Waze. come. <laughs> <laughs> don't come. Wait, how do you get there? Wait, wait, well, you know what it is? Easier said than done because I drive. So it's, it's easier for me to hit Waze, Google Maps, Apple, and just go. What happens if you're walking or does, does, is there a map for the train? Like, tell, tell me because. No, no, same thing. Just like how you use Google Maps. When you look at Google Maps, there's like five icons. There's a driving icon right next to it is the MTA icon. Well, not the MTA, but it will show a bus, which stands for the MTA. Then it's like a walking icon, oh. an Uber, however you want. So if you just click on it, not only would it tell them what buses and trains to take, it'll tell them what time it comes, what time the next one comes, exactly what time you'll get there, really? where you should be, where you should exit off at from the train <laughs> when you get off, like what you should be, what, what street you should be looking for. So are you trying to say they're dumb? Me. Are you trying to say they're dumb right now? <laughs> they're dumb. I'm just saying that they're ignorant, which is pretty close to dumb. It's like, cause <laughs> <laughs> I just can't. I'm just you like, listen. What? Maybe they're not into technology. There are, there is a, no, no, a population. No, no. The only people that aren't into technology. I gotta technology, give people the benefit of the doubt. The only people that aren't into technology are people that are like 80 plus because they just can't figure it out. It's too late for them. Or people who were just born yesterday. Everyone else, <laughs> no excuse. No excuse. Did you hear about Yo. that lawyer that got in trouble for using AI for one of his depositions or whatever? And the AI, uh, the chat, sorry, chat, the chat GPT. And ChatGPT, I've never personally used it. I know it's a great tool and a lot of people use it. It's effective, uh, time, helps save time, all that stuff. I get that. This guy for deposition used, used ChatGPT and ChatGPT made a great case for his client. Unfortunately, they made up a bunch of information in the, in the deposition. They said, yeah, comparing it to, you know, uh, uh, Thompson versus this and blah, 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 blah. But these were cases that never even existed. And that's how the guy got found out. And I was just oh, proud of him. Wow. The fact that he was, a, I was proud of him. The fact that he was an older man using chat GPT, of course, to use it in the wrong way. But I'm just like, wow, because he, he was like 55 or 56 or something like that. You never hear about someone, not that he's old, but that he's older. And the fact that he was willing to try new technology because chat GPT is relatively new. You know, it's come out within like the last two or three years. So for somebody in their mid fifties to take it upon themselves to learn it, Kudos to him. Unfortunately, he used it right and he's getting disbarred. <laughs> but kudos to him. There's no yeah. excuse for anyone else. Technology is there. They have classes teaching people how to use their iPhones. All these simple things. And I get it. I have an iPhone too. And there's probably so many things on here that would probably make my life no, easier. I just is, don't know. iPhone is simple. I think Samsung is, is oh, the, more difficult. iPhone oh, is for dummies. I know I just feel like iPhone is such a simple phone. It's just for dummies. Thanks, Danny. You made me and Get so many ahead. other iPhone no, 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 users no, no, feel no. so I, good I, about I, ourselves. No, 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 no. I have an iPhone. Danny called me a dummy. No. <laughs> I had you a guilty bag for Danny. you No. I mean like iPhone is so simple to use that it's not complicated. I feel like everyone like people who are taking classes for it. I'm like, what are you taking a class about actually? Like Part the classes are for like the older people. 
Got this it. one just got got. All right, perfect. Yeah, okay, this got, one it, got, got it. it, got it. This one didn't give any problems. Go back in the case and charge. I can still yes, hear you right here. Now oh, you guys can see my good, beautiful good. ear. <laughs> um, what sign are you? What I'm a Libra. I am oh a lucky God, Libra. Oh my God, I love Libra. My my kids are Libras. My kids are born October 16th. Um, my October best 15th. friend. Oh, well, yo, Libras are, you well, know I'm, what? I'm a Gemini. What's interesting about you, so I'm going to tell you about this though. Oh, you are? So, so I learned years ago, uh, I was looking through the Guinness Book of World Records. I don't know why, okay. but it turned out that October 5th, my birthday was the most popular birthday in uh, in north america wow and when i look when i looked up why it was because it fell 10 months after new year's and apparently because the full pregnancy is really more so 10 months not really nine, 10 months and then, then nine respect. yeah so new year's think about it the countdown oh the new countdown everyone's excited everyone's so, like yeah so and so that's so, like, so danny so you sex. So, Danny, you had you a great New Year's one year, and then you got twins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <shit! laughs> Yo, I didn't even know yeah. about that. Yeah, October 5th, because wow. there's a lot of October birthdays, period. October 5th is just one of the most popular days, but there's a lot of October. I have, in my family alone, there's about 12 people born in October. You know, like my immediate what? family. Yeah. Oh yeah, well, I, I was thinking because you know what? Because that would be that would be the fortieth week, because ten months, forty weeks pregnancy. So if you if it's New Year's, so mm -hmm. guys, girls, if you don't want to have a baby at New Year's, you better watch like, it. <laughs> watch it, because you'd be drunk celebrating. It's a New Year. <laughs> Wait, who's the little furry guy behind you? Somebody just entered the screen. Oh who's the little God. furry where guy? Where is he? Where, I don't have a furry guy behind me. I feel like a little ginger oh, thing just came by. There he is. <laughs> I'm like, I know I saw something. Look at this little adorable. Oh my God. My best Hello. Hi. Hey, Velma. Hey, Velma. Oh my God. My dog loves me. Hey, say hi, Velma. I want to. Hi. Hi. He is like, he is like, a COVID What's his baby, name? a brownie, or are we call him chicken nuggets because he looks like a chicken brown nugget. chicken nugget. Chicken like nugget. Chicken nugget. You know, you white meat or dark meat? Huh? You chicken nuggets. That white meat or dark meat? Because these chicken nuggets, they got white meat and they got dark meat now. What's well, that chicken I don't, nugget? Since he's a black family, it's a dark meat. So he's dark meat? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's, he's a, a little he's wink a, he's and you said dark meat. He's a poodle. He's a poodle. And he's ready for his haircut. He's ready for his oh, haircut. So I like you the way tomorrow. I like you the way you are, Nugget. Look, look at him. Look how calm. He's so, he's so, you're so yummy. Yeah, I love you too. He's I love you. I love this too. dog. You don't <laughs> understand. I love this dog. He's I like the most now. Don't be upset. You're a cat me. I'm, guy? A cat. I'm a cat person. I'm very much a cat person. Yeah. How are you yeah. a cat guy? I think cats you know are what? so just cats, they're loners. Then they go shh. So this is why I like cats. That's okay. why I like cats. I like cats because cats hate people. They hate most things, most people. They hate them. But if they mess with you, they truly like, you know what? They I, mess I messes with you. With you. That's, it makes you feel special. because I F with you. I F with you. You know, it's almost like me. I'm, yeah. a, I'm accepting everyone, which is great. 
But if there's somebody else who wasn't like me, like uh, my ex's sister did not just accept everyone. Like she's very just, I don't know you. Like you had to like prove yourself to her, you know? Yes, you she was just earn, the like, trust, cool. earn the trust. Earn That's the trust. what I like about cats. There was this meme that I would never forget. They said, why does why do cats look at you like you just asked them for a ride to the airport? I, I just, I've always loved it. But I'm a cat. I just love cats. I like dogs too, but I love cats. And when I see these do you, cat videos. Do you have a cat right now? Do you have a cat? I currently have no animal because I have a child. That's enough. That is enough. I have a child. I don't know how you have a dog and twins. I got a, I have a child. <laughs> no, his mama just got him a dog, which is perfect. Let me off the hook. That means I never have to get him an animal. I am good. If he gets an animal at my place, he's getting a hamster, a gerbil, something that's going to be put in a cage. And then dead after a couple of years. <laughs> nope. Yeah, you know, I got him. I got him. Uh, I got my babies a dog because I wanted to bring out the empathetic part of them, like the loving, the responsibility, the walking the dog, yeah. the taking care of the dog. So, and it's two of them doing it. So it's not like one person doing it. And they've always yeah. wanted a dog since they've been born. And it's so crazy how time flies. I was like, when you're eight, I don't know how I picked this number. I was like, when you're eight, you're gonna get a dog. <laughs> So every year it was like, are we eight yet? No. And then COVID happened. And one day it clicked like they were eight. They're like, mom, you got to get us a dog. I was like, what? what are you talking about? It's COVID right now. I'm not thinking about no damn they, dog. They were, they were, but I had to keep my word. I had to keep my word. They remember. They kids, to, kids do not forget. They do, they not, do forget. not forget. And I understood it was going to be a trauma of them not trusting me if I did not give them yeah. a dog. And I've been promising them for eight years. And I couldn't go back on my word because... Yeah. Kids test you that way. And yep. they'll, so when some people go to high school and they're like, why is my kid acting like this? You have to look back at what you did that wasn't consistent, that your kid checked it and was like, mm, okay. Yeah. And then as they got the language for it, they kind of knew the kind of person that you were. So I wanted to keep my word with the dog. So that's why, because when people see me, they're like, I never knew you was a dog person. I was like, I had to become a dog. I mean, I had a dog. His name was Diddy, but he was Diddy. a Diddy. Yeah, his name was Diddy. Before, I love it. Before Diddy was Diddy, he was Diddy. Before Pops called him his name Diddy, we came up with his name Diddy. Oh, really? But we, yeah, but we had to get rid of Diddy because when I had the twins, because he was a pit, I was, he was like a jealous dog. So I didn't want one of those horror stories on the news, like something happened to the twin. And I was like, okay. Gotcha. So we gave it, we gave it away to that's the a family. Good, that's a good idea. That, that, that was a great idea. I actually have a really good friend of mine who I didn't even know this until it just, I don't know why, what made her tell me about it. But when she was younger, they had a pit bull uh, in their family. And at one of the family events, they were uh, throwing like the boomerang or something throwing and the pit went to go jump for it. And she was right there. And the pit bull didn't even realize she was right there and took a bite and accidentally like bit off like the side of her, like a whole side of her face. If you saw this girl, you'd never thought anything happened to her because she had to have about eleven reconstructive surgeries. Surgery, yeah, which was insane. Wow, that, I, I, that's that is a trauma. Oh yeah, but I totally get you with the whole idea of just like not having a, not wanting to have a wild animal because they are wild yeah. animals. Some people domesticated, but for the most part, they're wild animals. You know, they might just flip out when they want to. So to have it around and a you, child, and you, and you never know. To touch them properly, you know. You know, yeah, I watch videos of kids know. just petting them or grabbing them. I remember when my little sister. So I have. Fun fact about me, again, Jamaican, so a huge family. Uh, I have five sisters and three brothers. Really? Correct. You kept saying twin, 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 twin. You just made it seem like it was you and your sister. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's 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 all anyone's ever interested in, but just to let you know, there's like nine, there's nine of us all together. We're, we call, <laughs> I'm 
We call ourselves Thompson. Uh, we call ourselves the Divine Nine. <laughs> oh, that's a we're, we're, we're actually having our very first Sibs giving this coming. Uh, yep, 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 yep. So that's that's really exciting. It's Who's it's hosting? nice because Who's hosting? So it's actually going to be at so my my there's nine of us and my father my mom didn't have nine kids. You only had the twins. Very similar to you, one and done. Um. So my father spread out these nine children amongst three different women. Uh, the one of the and only good things. You guys all get along. One of the only good things that he did in his life ever was make sure we all knew each other. So and all the women for the most part got along. Everybody, everyone gets along. We just don't like him. Everyone else likes each other though, but we just don't like him. Uh, let, I, you know what's funny? Crazy fun? question. Let me ask you a question. Crazy question. Wait, wait. After that question, I'm gonna move this light because this thing, this little, this thing back here is bothering yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over here. Let me. Okay. Is it gone now? It's gone now. No, okay. but just sit nope, in front of it. No, still there. <laughs> just sit in front of it. I was trying to sit in front of it. I was trying to sit in front of it, but it was... there we go. Hold on. All right, got it, got it, got it. It's gone. Okay, I'm back. Go ahead. What's your question the about the that? The reason I'm asking, the reason I'm asking you is, what is it about your dad you don't like? You don't like that he wasn't part of your lives because you know, as as there's so many um, single parent households. And you know what? What was it? Because he kept you guys kind of. I'll tell you. Together. I'll tell, I'll tell you right now. Well, he's one of those people that we were speaking about earlier who shouldn't have been a parent. Mm. Like you, you got bro. You're not good at this. Like stop. Because mm. even the few kids that he did, a couple of my siblings that he did take care of, they can't stand him either. They probably like him less than mm. we do. Uh, the ones that he did wow. right. You know. Um, so, so do you think that? Everything happens for a reason. Do you think that you would have been different if your father lived in your household? I would have been completely different because he was. So I'm not. I'm not religious, but I am spiritual. I grew up in a very religious household. That's probably why I'm not religious. Uh, I grew mm-hmm. up in a. I grew up going to a Pentecostal church every mm-hmm. Sunday. I went to Mr. Assembly. And keep in mind, this is a family church. So my grandmother's cousin passed away, who just passed away last year. She ran the church. Um, she would come pick us up every Sunday. All the kids. And then take us on this death, deathly terrifying van ride to the church. She drove like a mad woman. She drove like Jesus was behind the wheel with her. You know mm. what I'm saying? He was not. I don't know how we didn't get into an accident. Not one of those times. Um, that said, my father was very religious. So religious, religious. In fact, he's actually he used to be a pastor. That's why I'm not religious. I'm very spiritual. I feel like with God, I don't need a connection. I don't need a middleman with God. I always tell people, yeah. we don't have a middleman with our parents. Why do I need a pastor telling me what God is? I'm like, look, yep. if I need something, I'm going to ask God. I don't need someone in the middle. Yeah. And, and like, no shame people who are religious. I, I love that. Yeah. It's important no to have something that you can hold on to. I don't care what it is. Cheerleading, track, religion, whatever it is. Something that can ground you. Cause if you, cause if you walk outside, they're just a bunch of boys. Cause I don't work just similar, similar to you. I don't really have a, I don't have a nine to five. I have my events that I host and different things. So I could be outside on any given day, just walking around mm-hmm. and looking up in the streets of Brooklyn, seeing all these young men just outside smoking their lungs away, not doing anything. I'm talking about, and I'm up early. So I can, I, I can see these young men. I see them at eight o'clock in the morning, which for me, I'm just like, if you up this early, hold. You also start smoking. Imagine what you do if you just put your mind to something. To have it. something that yeah. grounds you. But they don't have that thing that grounds them because it wasn't introduced to them. You know, there wasn't a parent that introduced this to them. And it goes right back to that, right? Right back to the full circle moment, right back to that. 
Uh, but the yeah. reason why I don't like my father is because he shouldn't have been a parent. I like him as a human being. My very first conversation I ever had with him, like a, uh, like a really honestly, the very first conversation, I must have been 29 years old. We spoke for about two hours and I recorded some of it um, unbeknownst to him. So I haven't like aired any of it. It was really just for me and for me to play it for my siblings. But hearing him talk like this guy was, he did not want to have this life. Like you, bro, you do not, you should not have had children. You don't want kids. You don't want to do this. You know, right now he's by himself. No woman, no children. I, I mean, I don't know about my siblings, but I don't call him for his birthday. I didn't, I didn't, till this day, I don't really know when it is. I know it's in November, it's coming up. But I don't know when it is. I'm like, I'm not calling you, never call me. But my mom, I will so, say- But have first, you forgiven him? Have you, for, have you forgiven him? Well, it's not really about, I don't think there's anything for me to forgive him for. It's not like I'm upset at him. You know, I'm just kind of like, uh, you shouldn't have been a father, bro. But other than that, he's a cool dude. He's actually very intelligent. The conversation I had with him, the man is smart. Very, the, that's why I, him being in my life growing up would have changed things because he was such a polarizing figure. And my mom would have let him run things. And I'm happy that he wasn't because he didn't run things. And my mom, her being a single woman and busy, I kind of created, like my independence was started because of that. You know, I had to figure things out for myself. Sure, I have my twin sister here, but when I tell you we weren't like the stereotypical twins always together, we were never together. She had her friends, mm -hmm. I have my friends. And that's probably because we're boy-girl twins. But mm -hmm. uh, for the most part, if my father was involved in my life as a child, I would be completely different. I, I will say they say men sort of give children direction, um, but I think a mom could do that too. And my mom, I feel, she didn't, she didn't like, put her arm on me and she didn't walk me. You know, she, she, she wasn't holding my hand as a kid. I was the man in the house by the time I was my son's age, which was 10. Um, but she would kind of help me steer clear of certain puddles, like watch out for that, watch out for that. But for the most part, it was just always, Kevin knows what he's doing. I always just seemed so confident in who I was. I'm, like I'm, how I am now, how I sound now, I've been like this since I was a kid. You couldn't tell me anything. In my mind, I was right, you're wrong. <laughs> But I was always coachable. And I think that's what's important to, to know that, because we all have these beliefs that are rooted in our minds, whether it's from mm -hmm. our parents, uh, the environment yeah. that we're around. And then as we get older, we really hold on to these things. And sometimes it's hard to break away from it. But mm -hmm. I've never been, for me, I could easily break away from anything. I'm like, that sounds like it makes more sense to me. Or this idea sounds better. Like I've always been, uh, I've always been open to grow just because I know I don't know everything. You know, in terms of, the things that you can know in the world, we all know mm -hmm. a fraction of a fraction of a fraction. We don't know anything. You know, for the people who think that there's nothing else to learn, you might as well just go jump off a bridge right now because then what are you doing here? There's so much stuff to learn. Pick up a new craft. Like I'm trying to learn how to knit soon because I keep on splitting my pants. I need to learn how to knit. So, you know, I need to learn how to sew. Right now, as soon as we get off, as soon as we get off, I'm here currently reading this book right now. I'm going for my certification. Certification for, for what? Essential so, strength? So I used to instruct, I used to be a fitness instructor before the pandemic. I did mainly dance fitness and then I got into hit cardio workouts in Manhattan, but then I sort of fell out of love it, out of love with it. I'm a very much a fitness person. I never advertised that, but like I told you, I run every morning and I'm working out all the time. I have a whole home gym here, have all my kettlebells and weights over there with my yoga mats and yoga blocks. I love working out. I love moving my body. That said, Instructing a group got tired really fast because I just, I didn't care for it. I knew I didn't care for it, but I think I would care a lot more if I did things the right way and I'm trying to do things the right way now. So now I'm 
going for my certifications and getting things done. Uh, my CBT, my CSCS, and because of the you know the relationships I've already built in Manhattan and in a, a couple other places, I already have gyms that are ready to hire me. I'm not even. I'm yeah. Not even done so where, where where are you training at? Where are you training at? So when people want to, if people want to find you. If people want to find me, well, right now I'm not taking anyone. <laughs> I'm not taking ah, anyone. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm not taking anyone. You have not a, not body. A, okay. Girl, thank you very much. But um, oh, uh, I'm not taking anyone. <laughs> Once I get certified and everything is done, then I'll start being open to, you know, open for that. Uh, but right now, I'd more than likely be teaching a lot in Manhattan because it's just a lot of crossover with my clients in the party scene. So that's why it makes so much sense for me to just, like really indoctrinate myself where they all are. If you guys go at this gym, I'm at this gym now too. So if I don't have your party this year, I'm probably I'm going to get the next one next year or the you know the following couple of years. Because what's beautiful about the business I'm in when it comes to the bar and bar mitzvahs is that you have so much legacy with children. You have multiple children, and for someone like me, if I did the first, you damn sure the family wants to hire me for the second and the third. You know, it's Kevin available. I had a family. The the company I used to be exclusive for. I'm not going to give them a shout out because they don't deserve it. The company I used to be exclusive for, I got them their first billion dollar, a billionaire client. So I hosted this party over at the Altman building, huge party, did very well. It was like this French steam, it was very beautiful. That said, fast forward two years, I had a second kid, but now I'm unavailable because the date that they had booked, somebody else booked me. You know who booked me? One of their friends that were at that party that saw me, booked me, another billionaire client. So now this first billionaire client is upset because they're just like, one thing about people with money, they're used to getting their way. If they want it, they're going to get it, you know, because for them, the only objective is just if it's money, that's the only obstacle, excuse me. If it's money, I'm like, oh, we, I got that. Don't worry about that. But when somebody's just not available, they're just not available. It was, got a, it was a little messed up that their friends. Was it like a bidding war? Me. Was it a bidding war or no bidding war? It was a problem. The contract? It was a problem because now when I'm not available, what's beautiful about the business I used to be a part of, beautiful for them, not so much for me, is that I do a great job at this party. There's so much eyeballs on me. Now they have a, now their phones are ringing on Monday morning. But Kevin's not available. But you know what? This person's available and this person's available. And now because they trust the company's product, being that I'm one of the products, they think, oh, everyone wants to be as good as that guy. <laughs> They're not. No. They're all no. Pretty, they are pretty good because I've trained a couple of them. But a lot of stuff that I'm really good at is just instinctual. I'm good with people. You know, and I, I've always been good with people. I never had to take a class. I, I remember when my hosting career first got started, I used to warm up talk shows. And I would go on, I, ve- I rarely went on auditions, but the few I went on that would make it super foreign, uh, the casting directors would always talk to me about, oh, what classes are you taking? Like, what are you doing to learn more about like hosting? I go, there are classes for this? <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? I know, I know the classes. Yeah. I'm not taking a class. Basically, this is our personality. This is our personality. This is not classes. This is like who we are authentically. The things I learned, because the thing is, there's always more room to grow. But the things I learned, I learned on the job. I learned on the fly. I'm not going to a classroom to learn that. Because there's no, for what I do, for what we do being around people, there's there's not a lot of in-class experience. It's like, it's trying to like learn how to drive a car, but you're just reading the manual. You got to drive the car. You got to eventually yeah. go and drive the car. Then you're not going to be able to do it. So for me, no, I, there's right. nothing that you can teach me in a hosting class. I, I have to be there. Throw me to the fire. When I started warming up talk shows, the traditional warm-up person for a show is a comedian. I am not a comedian. I am a funny human being that is just very good at timing because I am there. Like if you hire me for a, a gig, I am there. I am present. I see 
what's happening. You know, I see grandma getting down real low over there. I'm about to go get up on grandma. You know, like I'm, I'm aware of what's happening. And a lot of, I think that's what separates me a lot from these upcoming hosts and MCs because yes, they're there, but then they're also here. They're in their phone. And they're I not get present. They're not present. They're not present. I get they're trying to get the moment, but get the moment and then get back to it. Cause now you're missing other yeah. moments. And I'm good yeah. at getting the moment. I'm gonna record it and then my phone's gonna be gone real quick. You know, like you, you're gonna really see me on my phone at a party cause now you're not there. Now you're there in your phone. And that's with anything. Uh, whether you're driving your car, walking down the street, hanging out with your child. I try to put my phone away because it's just like, not, not try, I put it away because you're, you're not there, bro. We paid for you. Yeah, to, you to basically live, live in the moment. Like you're there in the moment to make yep. everyone happy and have a good that's time. Right. So your forte is like living in the moment because this is a moment that's going to be part of their memories for the rest of their life. Because the way I look at it, Danny, the, the way I look at it, I learned a long time, time ago, you should treat people as if today is their last day on earth. So that's what I try to do. And that, like, it sticks with me every morning, every time when I leave, that's what's in my mind. I try, don't get me wrong. I still have my moments where I'm just ready to curse somebody out, but yeah, I <laughs> it get takes it, a lot to perfect. get me there. We're not perfect. Yeah. It takes a lot yeah. to get me there, you know, but it's so interesting. And this is why I love when people finally discover traveling and they're traveling a year ago, this time, Danny, you know where I was a year ago, exactly where? a year ago. Okay. I was in Bali, Bali, Bali is gorgeous. And I wish more people could see it, but I just wish more people traveled so they know that wherever they are, this ain't it. This, this is not the only thing that's here. Like, there's so much more going on in the world. Because when I come back to New York, every time I come back to New York for my travels, I see how disgruntled people are. I see how, pet, you know, just, just pent up aggression. They're on, they're on that hamster wheel uh, of doing the same thing over and over again. And they haven't had that break. And some of them, it's because they can. The other ones, they just haven't planned it properly. And the best way to take a vacation, to look at your calendar, look at your schedule, know you have nothing going on right here, book it. Find someplace, book it. The way I travel, the reason why I was in Asia last year, and I went to Bali, but I went to four different countries. I flew out to Malaysia. So I was in, um, I was in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Then I was in Bali, Indonesia, then Bangkok, Thailand, and then Singapore. Now, for me, I saw that I had some time that was free. And I went and just Googled, where's a good place to visit during this time of year? I never look up other places. I don't travel like how other people travel where they're like, ooh, I really want to go to to Dubai. For me, I'll go to Kev, Dubai. Kev, Kev, wait, wait a second. Yeah. Give give all your handles right now. Just give me all the handles and we can continue talking. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, you yeah. So you can find, if you want to find me on, on most of my platforms, Instagram, I'm pretty, uh, I love using that. Uh, I'm at hey, hey, hey Kev. Hey, Kev. Yeah, Kev with three V. Yeah. So, hey, Kev. And the reason why that stuck is because I would introduce myself to crowds from when I used to warm up talk shows. I go, hey, everyone, my name is Kevin Thompson. Can I get a, hey, Kev? Hey, Kev. Just so I can know how everyone's there. Um, if you're on Facebook, I go by Kate. Uh, I have my entertainment page on Facebook, Kevin Thompson, The Entertainer. You can be able to find that there. Uh, I have a funny story about The Entertainer, why I added that to my title. When I was a freshman in high school, so you can imagine that I was just always slick with the mouth. I was always slick. I had my very first guidance counselor meeting with Stephanie Jacobs, this beautiful guidance counselor. She was, whew, I'm looking at her just like, man, this is a good looking woman right here. And me, I'm 13 years old. I'm 13 years old, but I'm still kind of like, okay. Well, the hormones are kicking in. The hormones are kicking in. The hormones, hormones. You're right. And she, so she's talking to me. She goes, what do you want to be when you grow up? And without hesitation, do you know what I told her? 
<laughs> I looked at her right in the eye and I said, porn star. <laughs> Why would you say that? The guy is Gabla. You're insane. Why would you say she, that? She, she goes, no, no, no. Seriously. I go, no, seriously. I think I'd be really good at it. Never had sex a day in my life. <laughs> what? What? So oh my god. She must have been so embarrassed. Like she, put, what? she puts her head down. She puts her head down and she goes, I'm just gonna write entertainer. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what it is? She's right though. And she wants to be entertained. And that's what you became, right? Yeah, you know, first contract I ever signed when I graduated college and I was part of an agency, it said Kevin Thompson, entertainer. I was just like, Hey, I guess Miss Jacobs is right. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you something. That's what's up, man. I, I, I am so proud of you, bro. Like, I'm surprised you don't. I'm have proud of you, sis. Yo, why don't you have your own podcast? I've thought about it. You know, it's really about finding the time. It's so tough because I'm flexible most days, but for the most part, like I have my days. Like I have all the things that I'm going to be doing. You know, if there's nothing planned for a day, oh, I lose my mind. I, I quickly go and put things in there. Um. So to have a podcast, I would have to now have a day that's not as flexible so I could have that time where it's just cut out just for that. So I haven't done it, but I've, I've definitely attempted a few times. I've always, from, from the moment podcast got introduced, I was like, man, I think, this is, I think this is my thing. And then it was just really figuring out what do I want to talk about? What do I want to do? What do I want to do? You know? And I just never got around to doing it. And I just got so busy with just life. So I just never got into it, but I would love to. I would love to. One day, have a, honestly, my dream, a couple things. A couple things I want to do before they put me six feet under. I want to have a, I want to be an acclaimed author. Because growing up, that's all I did was write. I love my mom, but one of the things that, one of the biggest gripes I have with her, and I spoke to her like 10 years ago about this. I go, hey, mommy, you know, I used to write a lot when I was a kid. She goes, yeah, you did. We'd be at a restaurant. You think something's funny. You just grab a napkin. You write all the stuff down. I go, so what did, like, what did you do like when you saw that? She's like, well, nothing. I didn't stop you. I go, you didn't but encourage how did she me either. Help you? How did she help, help you that, that talent? Like, how did she help you bring that talent out? No, no, that's the point of what I'm trying to say, Danny, is that she didn't. So, I, so, so for me, it's always been like, what if I had someone that did that for me, that had my back? You know, she was just very much, again, working, going to work, coming home, making sure we got our work done. That was it. She did put us in programs. She kept us busy. I'll say that, and it's important to keep your kids busy because the worst thing for anyone is idle time. Yeah. Because now they're just, my, they get used to just wasting time. I can't, my kids so, are busy. Yeah, so she kept us busy. We were in acting classes and whatnot. Um, and then later <clears> on, I became an athlete, joined the track team. I was pretty dominant at that. Well, did you? But did you ever tell your mom that you want to be a writer or you wanted her to see what you were so, doing to say, hey, you well, could be a writer? Well, well, Danny, that's the thing, right? Most kids don't, sure you ask them what they want to be and they say something crazy, you know? Um, I remember when my son was young, when he was in like pre-K, because cops used to come and give like little talks, talks at the pre-K. Yeah. He asked him what he wanted to be. He's an like, uh, officer. And I looked at him just like, no. No, <laughs> <laughs> no shade against NYPD, because that's but. You know what it is? You are, you kind of are what you're exposed to or what you. Yeah. Your mom was an immigrant. You know what? My parents did the same thing too. My parents were working all the time too. It was that. It was that time. They didn't. Ha they they only knew what they knew. Yeah. Right. I wish. I wish my mom. I wish my mom saw it because she knew it. Because when I brought it up to her, I had never told, <laughs> spoken to her about it for, for ever. 
So for the fact that I brought it up, and she was like, oh, yeah, you're so right all the time. Just kind of like, so then what did you do to encourage this, mom? <laughs> did you put a writing program? But the thing is, I already know the answer because it's my life experience. I know she didn't do anything for me. But then when I went to college, I minored in creative writing. And my whole job, my whole idea was I wanted to write for television. But then I ended up being in front of the television because of this annoying personality that I have. <laughs> well, let, let me just tell you something about life before we wrap this up. Yeah. You can still be an author. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm working on, I'm working on a book. I'm, I'm right. I'm, I'm writing. I still write. I still write. Non, I definitely is still write. Is it a nonfiction? What type of book it is? Uh, it's really a cautionary tale, uh, but it is very much a true story that I'm going to say is not true, but it's true. <laughs> it's one of those things where we're just kind of like, I hope this is the truth. It's just a, it's a horrible story, but, it, but me being, you know, fun, I'm going to make it a fun thing. Like I, I don't want anyone to hate any of the characters, even though I personally hate <laughs> these characters. I want, because the thing is we're all three dimensional. You know, we, we are, we all aren't just one thing. We all have so many layers to ourselves and the person that I'm writing about, this person was horrible during this period of this person's life. That doesn't mean they're going to be horrible for the rest of their life. They could change who they are or, or not. They could double down and just be a, an asshole for the rest of their life. But who, however you meet someone, that's not who they're going to be forever. That's just who they are for now. Really? You think God so? knows. I think so. You don't, think, you don't so. think people have certain characteristics that is going to just always be that? But what I'm saying is that those characteristics characteristics could evolve into something else. It could evolve into something worse or evolve into something great. You know, because for me, like one of the things for me, I noticed that I have tone issues when I'm talking to people and I could sound very condescending, but I'm aware of it. And I try to, I really think long and hard before I say something and how I'm going to say it. Because I've got, um, I've heard that my entire life. Like, it's not what you said. It's, it's how you said it. I'm just like, oh my God. Ignore the tone and listen to the message, please. Listen to the goddamn message. But it's hard for certain people to ignore the message. But as human nature, we listen to the tone because. It's that dog. You're allergic to that dog. You need to get rid of nuggets. I've been sick. I've been sick. You guys have been Well, you look good, girl. You don't listen to the I've been pushing through. No. It's a difference between an exclamation point, that's a tone, uh -huh. and a period, that's a tone. Yep, you understand yep. what I mean? So if you say it as a period, that's a tone. But if you're saying it with an exclamation point, that means like there's some roof behind it. So how are you saying it? You're saying with a roof behind it, or are you just saying it with a period and it's just like it is what it is? Yeah, yeah. So I speak a lot with periods, uh, <laughs> even when I text. <laughs> Even when I text, I'm always there's always a period at the end of the sentence. Like, yeah, Yo, look at the I text messages between us. I don't. That's why I think they created emojis because people that wasn't putting no punctuation, so you put like a prayer no. sign, the last sign. I don't know. Like, I don't. I don't. For me, I don't do I'm a sucker for. I'm a, I'm a sucker for good grammar. Like, I I need to. Oh, I need to. Yep. Well, thank God that Apple phone has grammar on it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I I'm not. Yeah. I am not. I, I, I'm a Gemini. I'm just like some of my closest friends are Gemini's. Really? Oh yeah. I think I, I think Libras and Gemini's get along. I'm not sure if that's what the zodiac. No, we says, do. But... We no. Honestly, we we do get we do get along. That's why I wanted to. That's why I prayed that my kids would be um, Libras. I was like, please be Libras. Please, yeah. please, please. 
Because you pray, I yeah, you, think, pray, you, pray, you prayed right, right after that countdown, right? 10, yeah. nine, <laughs> eight. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I, yo, but you know, you gotta remember the next day, everyone is off in America, mostly everyone. So it's just like, you see, you know, you got time to like, what are you, yo, what are you really talking about this right now? <laughs> <laughs> Talk about your conception oh, date or your podcast. <laughs> My kids are still asking me, like, mommy, where do we come from? I'm like, oh, my God, this conversation is going to happen. A great book. There's a great book, Danny, and I'd love for your followers to know about it, too, especially the ones with children. It's called It's Not the Stork, and it teaches parents. Uh, it's a good book to read with your kids to teach them about sex and the birds and the bees. It's called It's Not the Stork. I have it for my son. Um, if, you have, you know, if, if you've been using nicknames to describe body parts, stop. Call them what, what it is. So you could have that conversation so it won't feel weird. And the more you read it with them, because it's a quick read. And the thing is, kids, when they're around nine, 10 years old, they're interested. They want to know. Their friends are talking about it. So they want to know. So it's best that they get that information from you and not from their friends who are also 10 years old making things up. You know, but yeah, it's not the store. Great book. You get it on Amazon. I think it was like 15 bucks. You know, you know what, what what's scary is because my kids are 10 and they're starting to talk about the birds and the bees. And we were walking out of the mall and there was a couple kissing and they were like, oh my God, they're they're sexing. I was like, what? No, no, we, we mean sexing. So I now have to have this conversation with them now. I'm like, you're 10. I was trying to protect you. What do you mean they're sexing? Oh my God. <laughs> this where I... I this world, you know what it is? I have girls and I think raising girls is different than raising boys. Oh, it's completely different. It's completely different. I, I get the whole thing that they're trying to make everyone equal, but we're not the same people. Men and women, boys and girls are so different. You see it when they're born, how different girls are from boys. You see it as a parent, how different fathers are from mothers. You know, it's just, we're not the same. Like, and the thing is, I hate when, and it, it happens in the black community a lot where they try to, pit us against each other, men versus women. And it's just kind of like, guys, I don't know if you realize, but we all kind of need each other. Men need women, okay, women so need men. Okay, so let me like... ask you a question. Cause this is gonna be, we're, we're gonna do a part two. This is this is the part two now. I, okay. I, I, need, part you, I need you two. for I need you for another hour. Okay, let's um, go. Pro producer, another hour. Don't worry, I got you in the back end, Bobby. Thanks, um, cause Bobby. He's cause he's here, you, don't, you, can, you know, you can walk away. I just want you to record this so we have this. What is the issue in our black community that all the cultures know that they need each other? And in our community, it's just like it's it's men versus women. It's like it's like we're not together. It's like it's like a it's a what is it? Because we're not gonna be able to grow as families if there's so much opposition with with each other, with the sexes. So I think it starts it's one, as bad as it sounds, I don't think it's gonna ever gonna be solved in our lifetime if it's ever gonna be solved, period. But two, I believe the root cause of it is, when you think about black people, what's the first thing, that, well, I don't wanna say that, but when you think about black people and black people's plight, how did it start? It stemmed from slavery. So the effects of slavery don't only affect us when it comes to getting jobs and housing in good communities, but it affects how we look at each other. Because when it came to slavery, there's a book that's phenomenal um, that speaks about what happened after the slaves were freed. A lot of people don't realize that's the, that was the worst time to be a black person was after they got freed. Why? From, from, from 1865 to 19, like 30, around upwards to 900,000 black people 
went missing. Because this is what happened, and I'll get into the root cause. What happened after slavery was that, one, white people didn't want, well, American didn't want the blacks to be free at all. Uh, Abraham Lincoln and his team, they actually proposed to ship them all back to Africa. They had the shift and everything ready. They met with like some black leaders that represented all the black people. Uh, they told them what they thought, what they wanted them to do, how they wanted them to leave. The black people went, had a meeting with themselves, came back a week later, let Abraham Lincoln and his team know, hey, so none of us have ever been to Africa. I'm from Jersey. I'm from, he's from North Carolina. He's from so-and-so. We're not leaving. You're going to free us and we're going to stay here. We're going to figure this out. So, you know, uh, let's stop bigging up the 16th president of the United States, Abraham Lincoln, because that guy was just doing what made sense politically. That said, once everyone got freed, they was trying to find a way to get them back as slaves. So the best way to do that was to create these Pianti laws. The, the Pianti laws, I could be pronouncing that wrong, but these Pianti laws are pretty much little dumb laws. Little laws like you can't walk down the right side of the street past four o'clock, like stuff like that, just to lock people up. Now, what happens after they got locked up, it's the most interesting part. Wow. Everyone got the same exact punishment. Everyone was sent to work on the railroads because now this is the reconstruction era. They're building on the railroads. All that stuff is happening. So now all these people, back when you had to like buy slaves, it was, it was expensive. You have to be rich to have slaves. Everyone could just have slaves. And a lot of people don't realize white people were slaves too. It was just majority blacks were slaves. Wait, 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 wait. Said, let's go back to that. So white people were slaves okay. too? White people slept too, because you have to remember, not every white person was rich. We have poor white people as well. So they couldn't afford slaves, this and that. So they, a lot of them, not that they were enslaved as Wait, bad is as that, the, is the blacks were. Is that called indentured servants? Or that's something- so, 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 yeah, so indentured servitude. But they didn't practice that in the States, at least not to my knowledge. Because indentured servitude, for most people, is about the span of seven years. A lot of these people, for the most part, if you were born a slave, you died a slave. That was it. That was the biggest difference between slavery in America and slavery everywhere else. You know? Oh, so indentured service has to do like you were just a slave for a period of time. Correct. You know, it was did almost you, like did a you contract. Have to, like, like you had to pay a debt? Like, is, is that what so it was? So a lot of the times, that's how they worked out their debt. Correct. It would be seven years for like at this farm or whatever. That said, uh, slaves, after, after they got freed, they, they tried to find a way to lock all these people up. Now, slaves were expensive. To have a slave was expensive. Now, once slavery was over, and people went to, to, to jail, they started locking people up in these record numbers and they all had to work with railroads. These railroad companies, they could rent one of these workers for $12 a month. So now, because of the, the, the it, I know it's 2023 now, you think $12 is nothing? Well, do, I, then, mean, do you, I mean, do you think that's what's happening right now? Well, it hasn't changed. It hasn't stopped the whole pipeline. No, because of, they, they, they're saying like the new, you know, jail, of course, people are committing crimes. I gotta get it, but there's yeah. a proportionate amount of um, black people in jail versus other races. Well, yeah, keep in so mind because all these jails have quotas. They have to have. They have. Let's say they have 300 beds in that jail. We need 300 beds filled. So we need to keep this packed at all times. That's the only way we make a profit. Now, how do we do that? We could lock people up more, and not only lock them up more, lock them up longer. This case. This this. This thing that you did that's normally three to five years, now we're going to try to get you five to eight. You know, we try to get you there longer. And that's what happens. And that's what, that's what tends to happen to, to, to Black folks, which really sucks. Um, but back to the Reconstruction era. So now these people get freed. Now they get thrown in jail for doing little stupid things. Sometimes they didn't even do anything. They just get arrested. 
and then they will get sanctioned off to these railroad companies that would rent them for $12 an hour. Now, because they were renting them for $12 an hour and they had no allegiance to them because it's not like they're going to stay working with them forever. They worked them to the bone and they didn't take good, they didn't keep good records of these people. So a lot of them would just die there at the railroad and they would just bury them underneath all the stuff, all the rubble. And that's how 900,000 black people went missing in those 50 years from being freed till like the Great Depression, which was oh my insane. God. Insane. So that said, the root problem between uh, blacks here in America and why they're so man versus woman, the way they broke the slaves, how they did it, they realized that the women, shout out to y'all, you guys were stronger than the men, not physically, but mentally. So what they would do to get them on the same page, they would make sure the woman was relaying information. She would, they made her the king of the castle. Because mm. they broke the men down and they pushed, the, they propped the women up. Mm. And then a lot of the times these people began, were getting separated. So you're separated from your husband. You're separated from whoever these, these men were. Uh, and, that, and then that kind of stayed, sadly enough, a tradition in these black homes as we continue to progress and slavery continued and then slavery was no longer a thing for men to be absent became the norm and women had to be strong now you have a now you have tons of families full of weak men and strong women so what are you you're creating this very unfortunate dichotomy where now you have women thinking they're better than men or thinking that they don't need the man, men thinking like, well, I could do better over here, do that, which is why it's so easy for a black man to just get up and go. It's almost like in the blood at this point wow. now. And that's wow. why it's beautiful when you see people try to stay together, these black family try to stay together. And it's, it's important that you pay attention. I love the fact that you have programs like uh, uh, black dads or whatever that are pushing up the, the father figure of the black man because it was that's, destroyed that, that's why I'm due, so due to proud. slavery. I, that's why I'm so proud of you because there's so many great, there's more great dads and not great dads when it comes to our community and African-American, Caribbean, Black. And I hate the fact that they always just, they stick on this, like the dads are not in the home, dads are not yeah. in the home, they're not, Black dads are not good dads. Because then it, it brings more of a stigma to you guys. It's another stigma. They already say that you guys are crime, like, you know, black and black crime. You guys yep. are not present in the home. <laughs> I mean, how does it feel to be a, a black man in America? Uh, I mean, it's interesting. To be honest with you, I feel like a superhero. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know? Good. Uh, I, feel like every, I feel like everyone's gunning for me. I'm a superhero. Especially being a black person. First of all, to be a black and brown person in the world today, forget the color. To be a person living right now, this is the best time to ever be alive on earth. Mm. And 10 years from now, that'll be the best time to ever be alive on earth. The fact that we are, uh, we could communicate with each other. We're not even in the same room right now. We're having this conversation. You're where you are, I'm where I am. And then on top of that, it's being uh, shown on this platform so other people can now take this knowledge in. The fact that that can happen is amazing. The fact that you can hop in your car and go drive and go do, that's amazing. All that stuff is amazing. You know, the things that we, I know it's so common for people to really focus on the things that they're lacking, but I really wish people could focus on the things that they have already, you know, because there's a lot of homeless people struggling. And I know you being in New York, you see them just like how I see them. 
got I got to share the story with you. Um, always God is always watching me, so I always have to mm-hmm. heed to God. I went to Walgreens, right? Um, because of my 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 daughter had like a, a little rash, like at twelve o'clock at night, and couldn't she couldn't stop. So I called my cousin. My cousin was she's a PA. Shout out to no IG Trish. <laughs> <laughs> oh Trish. Trish, yeah. I think I'm that y'all all related. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I need This is dope. She's so dope. Yeah, she's so dope. So then, um, they saw a homeless woman sleeping in the on the floor because it was freezing. So you know, with me, I'm so used to seeing homeless people. So I go inside to get the products. Both my daughters bring a blanket, and I was like, "Oh, okay, I'm not buying that." It was like, "No, it's not for us." I was like, "Okay, who's it for?" It was like, "Oh, it's for the homeless, homeless person that's sleeping outside." And I looked at them, I was like, we don't got no money like that. <laughs> like, that's the first thing I said to myself. And then I felt like the pharmacist was like a messenger from God because the pharmacist yeah. gave me this look. It's like, uh, you better get those, you better get those those blankets. I felt like it was like a movie or something. So I got the that's blankets. A good feeling. I got the blankets because I felt like it was a teachable moment for my girls and it was probably a yeah. teachable moment for me. They went and they put the blanket on the homeless person. Now the pharmacist kept telling me they might jump, and I was so scared. But I was, but it was a teachable moment because the second blanket that my daughter put on her, she got up and she said, "God bless you." And all I could see my kids do was grin like this, like they know they did like a great job. Yeah. And I realized that you have a son, I have a a child. I feel that we have to put humanity back and it starts with our children. Yep. I, I the reason agree. that we see the world so negative is because you're right. Maybe we do need to travel more because we're so stuck in our rut every single day, paycheck yeah. to paycheck, trying to pay bills. We get taxed on our check. I feel like two days out of three days or whatever, seven days, whatever, we get taxed. It's like tax to go over the bridge. Tax. It's like we're constantly... This adult, this adult crap. I I never knew it was gonna be so much, and if it's so much on us, it's so much on everyone, and everyone seems so angry. Like, I I think we need to remember what humanity was, because I love your positivity when you just said like, look, it's great today. Ten years from now is gonna be great because I had the opposite opposite effect. I feel like ten years from now it's just gonna get worse. Yeah. You know? I mean, certain things will probably probably will be worth the ten years, but in terms of just where we are at, in society and the day to day comfortability that we have now, you know, the fact that we're not living in caves, the fact that you can have a jacket to stay warm, you can get a blanket and do all these things, but you know, it starts from your work ethic, you know, and it's important. It's so great that your twins get to see how hard you work because they say when it comes to kids. And this is insane that it, I hope it's not true, but I read it somewhere. It's a similar article. I wish I could uh, re- reference it right now, but I can't remember the outlet. But they said kids' work ethic is already determined by the time they're six, seven years old. Their work ethic for the rest of their life. Oh my God. How are they going to be? Isn't that no. crazy? No. Yeah. So, so what, whoever they are right now, that's it. Every kid is on their iPad. You know what? That's probably why they created AI. Have you ever heard that program? I just heard about it yesterday. It's called Wait Till Eighth, where they're trying to keep trying to encourage parents to wait 
until their kids are in eighth grade for them to get an i like a, a phone and those sort of things. And I wish because I I hate the phone. I didn't want my son to get a phone. His mom got him a phone when he was seven, going on eight. I really didn't like it at, at all. I, I, I call the phone. I call the phone thing the nine eleven effect. I think before uh, that. We kids didn't have phone, but after 9 11, everybody was like, Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? And kids couldn't get to their parents. I think after yeah. that, parents felt more secure just getting them a phone. So if something happens, they can call them right away. I think that's what yeah. happened. And yeah, it, it, it's a that. bad effect because I think, look, we, let's go back to the men and the black man and black woman. I just want to know. Yep. Do, I know you said that it's not going to get better. When do you think that we're going to break this generational trauma? Because we do, we do need each other, and we do need to raise our kids together. Whether we're married, uh, committed, co-parenting, and and men do need to realize, like this, re regardless of if they wanted to have this child or not, the child is here now. So therefore, you have the responsibility as a parent, whether you like the mother or not, to still be part of the child's life. If the mother is giving you a difficult time, try to come to a, a middle ground place where you can be involved. How can we change this? Because it's it's destroying our kids' future. Like they they need the support of two parents because well, it's, I think the what best are we gonna thing, do? I think the best thing, like this is what I wish my mom did. Okay. Because my family has a very interesting dynamic. For every mm -hmm one boy there's about seven girls <laughs> so like going to my family functions let's say there's 40 people which there usually is around 40 to 50 people at like a, any given christmas mm -hmm. i want to say 85 percent of those people are going to be women maybe 90 percent mm -hmm. and it's usually like me and a couple of my male cousins but that's about it so one thing i wish that she did because having a having two parents is important um, I don't think it really matters the gender. Like, let's say, because, you know, there's some families that are, you know, two moms and two dads. Yeah, so yeah. I don't, I, don't, I don't think it really matters the gender. I think it's really so, more so on the perspective to have two different perspectives is mm -hmm. what's really important. Mm -hmm. That said, it's important that if there is a parent that's missing, to make up for that is getting your child involved in some sort of program, whether it be athletic, whether it be uh, intellectual, something where it's being run by somebody of that sex that's missing mm. or just somebody you think is dope. So I wish that my mom had me around one. I wish she started me off in sports earlier. Cause then I would have been around boys more and I would have most coaches for sports are men. So now I would have had that man that's talking to me because growing up, I was actually very uncomfortable around men. I, I, I didn't start getting comfortable around men until like my late twenties. I was always very comfortable around women. Cause I'm, for me, I'm just like, I was surrounded by it. I was. I, I know. I literally came into this world with one of y'all, so it's all very I know. comfortable around women, the opposite sex. But the same sex is what I used to struggle with, especially because I didn't feel like I had a lot of stuff in common with them. Because I was never your your typical boy. Like, um, first and foremost, because I could be so eccentric with certain things. Some people thought I was gay, and I'm not. I love women, but I'm a great dancer. Um, I'm not afraid of looking silly, and I'm also not afraid of looking. I guess coming off as gay, even though I'm not gay. Like I've never been that guy just like, no, 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 I didn't do that. I didn't say that, I could kill him. I don't care. I do not care. Cause for me, gay is a life choice. 
it's a sexual thing you do. Whatever I just did was not gay. Yeah. <laughs> However I yeah. present is not yeah. gay. You know, yeah. like, mm -hmm. like gay for me is a literally, literally a sexual thing. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the whole idea of just, like, I was always comfortable in my own skin. Like that's, it's, Kat, well, you know, Kat, props Kat, to my mom. You know what people would say, maybe because you were around a lot of women, then you tend to be more feminine. That's what, that's yeah. what men would say. Yeah. Because it's, you, didn't no, have it's a, true. you didn't have no, no. a dad, you didn't have a dad it's, there. But, so but you, Danny, it's you true. You in the feminine trade. It's true. I, I used to be very argumentative. And by used to me, I mean, still am. So, and I definitely got that from being around a lot of women, but I, I would have to curve myself. Are you saying myself, women argue? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I meant you guys like, you guys like a healthy debate. That's what you guys love oh, healthy debates. Wow. <laughs> okay. No, I get, yo, yo, you're keeping it real. I get it. I get it. But I get for it. the most part, most men are just talking are and popping up at the mouth. Men are simple because when you even yeah. talked about your, your waffles, your pancakes, your bacon, Men are just very, I got to put lotion on. Men are very, are very simple creatures. Yeah. They're not complicated yep. at all. Right? Yep. And I wish, when a man says something, he means it. When a woman says something, you have to, yeah, meaning like a man is probably just a, straightforward. Wait, what you about to say? When a woman says something, what? You got to, it's like a coding <laughs> thing. It's like you're coding and like, what, what do you really mean? Like when we say, oh, you don't have to open it. We really mean open it. Yeah, we're yeah, not no, you, like we're not we're not I, direct I, as men. I remember reading somewhere in this book about men and women how to speak to women. It was helping out men. It said that uh, you have to keep in mind when, when a woman speaks, when she get when she tells you a thought, it's almost like a cloud, and that is going to change as soon as the wind blows. <laughs> I mean, we're very indecisive. I get it. We are. <laughs> I'm not speaking for all women. I am like, I'm like, yeah, it's not that I'm indecisive. I think I'm a people pleaser. Ah. So I want something, but I'm also empathetic to think about always wanting to think about what the other person wants too. So I want to choose something, but I'm like, oh, maybe if they want this one too, let me. So that's what yeah. makes me indecisive. You know what I mean? But I know there's challenges between men and women. I, I know there is. and I, I just want the family unit to be back, however it looks like. Yeah, we don't have yeah, to have the, too. you don't have to be okay something you might not agree with me with you don't have to be married uh -oh. to have a commitment um you don't i agree with you with that i, I do okay. prefer if someone was married like i wish i was married i mean i'm happy i'm not because it would have been a horrible divorce um actually because you're petty because you're petty so, what do you mean well, horrible we, divorce? We're, we're both her and i are both petty so it would we so i was in a 14 year relationship um wow. with the mother with the mother of my child we were actually engaged to be married and two and a half months before the wedding i canceled it it was it was a destination wedding in jamaica big thing so i canceled it sent out an email i remember i'll never forget this was april 20th uh 2017 or 2018 so it was 420 so i emailed all the guests keep in mind i was the one i was keeping up and emailing everyone and i had an event plan and everything but for me i was very big on communication because i'm a communicator an organization organization correct correct i'm a very i'm very i'm i'm a very organized individual and I when it comes tell. to events and when it comes to events that's my thing so half the wedding was not even half of it like 90 percent of the wedding i was i planned it i had like an air for like we should do this we should have this we should do this and my ex she knows i'm in this so she wasn't fighting me on anything it was very much just like all right sounds good all right sounds good cool great uh but when it was time to cancel i emailed everyone i go happy 420 wedding's off 
That was it. No explanation. No nothing. But you why know what you, happened after that, Danny? What, what happened? Well, I'm happy we called it off because it was okay. We had a lot of what unresolved. After that? Wait, wait, wait. Before I, what, so what happened, happened after that? What happened after that was that because I was so great and so great at being organized, you know, most when it comes to destination weddings, the average destination wedding is between 25 to 35 guests. Uh, my my wedding count, we were our count was upwards of 100 people with the people flying in. And then my family that's already in Jamaica that was coming up to, to Montego Bay. Now, what ended up happening, because this was April of 2018, I already had, I made sure everyone who was coming had their stuff booked from the October before that April. So everyone already had this in their calendar blocked off for, for the last like eight months. Mm -hmm. So once I canceled it, it was still enough time for them to get their money back. But everyone is just, every, everyone emailed me back like, hey, Kev, I'm so sorry about what happened. I got the email, but we still want to go to Jamaica. So I ended up flying down to Jamaica and the bride to be flew down to Jamaica with like 50 something people. Wait, 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 wait. You and the bride to be on the same plane all flew down to Jamaica. Wait, wait. But the wedding is my canceled. ex wedding is canceled. I emailed the hotel, let them know everything is canceled. I we get there. Wait, wait, wait. How was she able to do that though? As a bride, you just you just canceled on her on her wedding. Well, well, her and yeah. I, like I said, we we were so good because at this point now we had so many ups and downs in that fourteen year relationship. Yeah, and what's course. difficult about what's difficult about having a fourteen year, year relationship that started out with people so young is that if you don't grow together, you're gonna die together. So we didn't mm -hmm. grow together at all. I was very ambitious. Not saying that she isn't now, but she wasn't when I needed her to be, and I didn't have the patience for her to wait for her to be that way. So we, we, we definitely knocked head the line. Yeah. Class. Yeah. And I would tell yeah. her like my idea, like, oh, I think I, I want to do this now. Do that. She goes, why do you want to do that? So the fact that like her questioning me would bother me. It's kind of like, because I want to be great because I want to do Got something it. else. Because I want to have another revenue stream. Like, why are you asking? Why aren't yeah. you doing anything? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then. So she was, she was like a dream. Like she was like a Debbie Downer when it came to your dreams. And then for me, like the type of person I am, bright personality, this and that, having somebody like that, especially the person like right next to me, that's supposed to be, you know, big like, me we'll up. Be a cheerleader, cheerleader. You like, know. Yeah. And the thing is, yeah. I will say, over the years, I probably made her that way, just from just not being the greatest guy over those years, and just her just having these thoughts, because she always saw me as a rising star. Like she would tell people we'd be in a cab going someplace. She goes, "Oh, my boyfriend is this. My boyfriend is that. He warms up the Wendy Williams show." He missed the movie phone. He does like she loved talking about me, but then that all started just dying out as as the relationship progressed, and she didn't really find her stride until after we broke up. I'm finding out through the grapevine how great she's doing and this and that. Because like I said, we co-parent, but we don't talk. We co-parent, but all we do is talk about our child. I don't know anything that's going on in her life. She doesn't know wow. anything that's going on in my life. Correct. I started but, dating but someone. But fourteen years, but fourteen years of friendship. A relationship. You I will say, Danny, we didn't have we didn't have the friendship. I don't think that we had the friendship. Like we stopped respecting each other a long time ago. And for me, I'll tell you what the the final nail in the coffin was for me. I probably should have ended things there. But when she didn't finish college, it really bothers me because I finished and I just wanted a partner that you just want somebody that's your equal. You know, because the the people that tend to have the biggest problems in relationships are the ones that are in relationships with people that are not on the same level as them. So like, like, like not equally yoked. Yeah. So we weren't equal when it came to uh, our intelligence, even though she presents as very smart and intelligent person, but 
on paper, like I, I was far superior than her. Cause not only did I go to college, like I told you, I was like the man, like I was the poster child to St. John's University at one point. I just went there two weeks ago for an event. You best believe they took a picture of me and posted it on their thing right away. <laughs> Cause they know why you're like, oh, that's Well, well like, they were, they're proud, they, they, they're, they're proud. Like, look, 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 look where you are right now. Like, of course, things, you know, but, of um, course. but I, I really did start it. I, something, something changed in me, my feelings towards her once she dropped out of college. Um, it really, it really bothered me. And I probably should have ended things there and been honest with myself. Uh, cause now the girl that I'm with now, she's actually, uh, she, she, she's superior than me when it comes to education. She went and got her master's. I'm like, oh, excuse me, girl. Um, I don't really need my master's for what I'm doing. In my, I'm proud in, in, in of her, sis. I'm proud of her, sis. And she's also, strangely enough, my girlfriend who I've been with now for the last 18 months, a year and a half, she's also a twin. <laughs> when you have babies you guys are gonna have twins no 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 danny that's not how it works it's gonna <laughs> no, skip our generation no, it's going no, to skip no, us no. yes it even, is you don't even it's know it's going to skip us it is going yeah, to but skip that's, us yeah but that's two that's twins and twins like come on now i don't care i don't care it's gonna skip oh, us. oh so you don't it's want going twins to skip us. i do not want twins absolutely <laughs> not i don't know how you do it oh, no I thank know. you I am but I am a good why? person. I do not deserve to. God doesn't give you any God does not give you anything you can't handle. So I just people say that. Right people now. say that. But I'm watching a bunch of people that God gave stuff to that they can't handle it. <laughs> because they're not listening to God's direction. That's why. Because there's a thing called instincts, and sometimes people go against their instincts. God is not responsible if you don't listen to your instincts. Your instincts is actually your internal map that you were born with when you were born, right? A lot of people go against their instincts. That's why they end up where they're at. If they would follow what their gut is saying, not what the world is saying, then they would be in a better place. And that's how I feel. I think a lot I of people listen agree. to the chatter of the world. And I feel like your gut tells you what to do. But the world is so, it's so noisy that you feel like, but what about if they're right? No, no, no. It's what you, you got to do for you, what's right for you. Because you're the only one that's going to be crying in a corner by yourself. You're the only one that is going to be in that shitty situation by yourself. People could give you advice all you want. They go home and they go home to their family and their yep. friends and you got to live with your decision. That's why I tell people all the time, go with your gut. Because at least you can live with yourself because you can't blame other people for decisions. You know how people say, do this and you do it. And then the next thing they say when it, when it messes up, well, I didn't tell you to do that. Yeah. There's no ownership in advice. Like people give you advice, but people don't want to own the advice. Right? Yeah. That sparked three things for me just now. So what? one, it, so when I'm out there, I don't know if you're into stand-up comedy, but I love stand-up comedy. I grew up watching so much stand-up comedy. Um, mm -hmm. And on my Mount Rushmore stand-up comedy, I have Richard Pryor, because I feel like he's a godfather. He birthed all these babies. Eddie Murphy's up there as well. Uh, then I have Bernie Mac. And then the fourth one, I always go back and forth on who I want to be the fourth one on there. But those three guys are solidified on my Mount Rushmore. That said, Eddie Murphy, he has a very interesting story about advice. He was an up and coming comedian. At this point now, he wasn't really up and coming. People knew him, but he was in his mind, he was still, you know, still, still, still hustling. Mm -hmm. You know, still doing his thing. Sure, yes, I'm on Saturday Night Live. I get that. But I still want to do this. I want to do that, you know? So that's who he was. And one day he's there doing his thing. And a comedian that was more successful than him at the time, he's he's he surpassed him and everyone else in that genre, uh, Rodney Dangerfield mm. told him, hey kid, you know, you probably should stop cursing so much. It's not good. Cause, cause 
before people like Richard Pryor, comedians didn't really curse. They weren't, they, they, there was no such thing as a dirty comedian. Richard Pryor introduced that into the fold. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then out birth these comedians, the Eddie Murphy's and the Red Foxes of the world. Now, fast forward months later, Eddie Murphy, as big as he was then when Rodney Dangerfield met him, he was even bigger now. They're both performing at the same place. Eddie's the headliner. Eddie's in the bathroom, he's in the bathroom. Here comes Rodney Dangerfield, walks in, he's in the bathroom. They're both at the urinal. Rodney Dangerfield looks over at him and he just simply says, who knew? You know, because Eddie didn't change at all. Who knew? So when Eddie Murphy was advice, uh, asked about advice he would give to people, he goes, he goes, the best advice is not to take anyone's advice. <laughs> there you go. So when it comes to advice, I like advice. I just don't like unsolicited advice. When someone says, they just start talking to me and telling me what to do without me even asking. I'm like, I don't, cool. Cool story, bro. I'm good. Um, so that's how I feel about advice. I don't like unsolicited advice, but I think I do think advice is important. I think you should only take advice from someone that's doing exactly what you want to do in, in your life. If you want to be a real estate person and this real estate person is telling you what you should do, listen to that person, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, especially if they're successful. If you're trying to be a dope track star and this track star is telling you their workout regimen, listen to them. Listen to them. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm pretty sure they wouldn't steer you wrong. Uh, that's so how, what, what, what do you, what do you feel? What do you feel about like the, since you said that, what do you feel about people who comment on social media? Oh, like I mean, they, they, these they trigger, say all these, these comments, they've never been there, they don't know nothing, but they act like they're all like experts. Like, what, how do you feel about that? Danny, let me tell you, I am the president of the comment reading committee. I <laughs> love reading comments. I, my favorite part, like, especially if I find a meme or a video that has me dying, I'm like, oh, I gotta see these comments. Let me look at them right now. What's interesting about comments is, first of all, there's a lot of funny people. There are a lot of funny people in the world because these comments would have me dying. Mm -hmm. I hate wasting time on social media, but if I am wasting time, that's what I'm doing. I'm reading comments <laughs> and just laughing. Yo, I hope I actually sometimes have a, I be cracking up. <laughs> I have, I have, I, some, some of them I, I save in my notes because they're so funny. I'm like, these people, there's some funny people in the world. But uh, that being said, some of these comments, when you read it, you just realize how hurt this world is how much how much people need therapy and the thing is it's funny when my ex and i split up i started i went into therapy because i went i went through a whole whirlwind it's going to be in the book i went through a whole whirlwind of things and i was in therapy and i remember meeting up with meeting up with her for like a good like months later is our first time ever having a conversation and i'm letting her and she goes and says to me that's why you're in therapy like she says it said it like with this ah. negative undertone and it was just so funny that she felt that me being in therapy was a negative thing. It was thing. a bad thing. And it was me, like, you, like how you're judging someone that's trying to self-improve? Better themselves? Yeah. Yeah. Good thing. Good sounds, thing. Like I made the, good. sounds like I made the right decision. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, but when it comes to therapy, there's no one person that needs therapy. Everybody needs therapy. Because the thing is, I don't care what age you are, there's going to be something that happens in your life that's so traumatic that is going to set you back and you need to get realigned with who you are and what you're here to do like i i honestly feel and this is gonna be a vague thing but if you go on my website it says that i was born to make the world smile and i truly believe i was born to come here and just sprinkle some joy and then get the hell out that's why i'm here uh that said i could do that in a bunch of different avenues whether it's uh parties which is i mean a lot of people know me for whether it be fitness which is what people will know me for because i'm gonna be dope Trust me, I already know. I did it already. So I already know you how to are, I can be. You are. And um, you're a perfect example of it because you, you eat to nourish, not eat to be full and, and big. Yeah, correct, correct. Oh, yeah, yeah, correct, correct. Um, 
but uh, uh, Chuck, what was I saying? No, you. We you need were to figure about... out so therapy realigns you with you know who you who you who you are because the the fact that you're here, whether you were raised by one parent, two parents, thirty parents, I don't care. The fact that you were born, there's like a one in trillion chance of the egg and the sperm even meeting to make you. So clearly, you being here, there's no accident. However, you got here, you know your own superhero this is your origin story that's your story take it and run with it now what i was saying about people growing and evolving i do i, I get what you're saying that some people really don't change and that's unfortunate you know muhammad ali uh, who i love has this great quote saying if a man believes what he believed 20 years ago it sounds like he just wasted 20 years of his life because if your beliefs don't change that means you haven't grown you haven't read you haven't experienced you haven't traveled now the reason why i like the idea of traveling this is to go back to what you were saying when people are in the same environment and around the same people, they're sharing the same school of thought. It's called an echo chamber. Mm. This person said it and this person saying the same thing. They all believe the same thing because they all have the same exact life experience. But now mm. when you leave and go to Europe or go to someplace in the Caribbean or go to Asia, go to a different continent from the one that you were born and bred in, you see a different worldview. You know, it's almost like being raised by another parent. You know, that's what traveling is. Traveling should be your other parent that raises you. Because now that changes, it takes you out of that echo chamber of Brooklyn, Manhattan, wherever you are. No. And lets you hear other points of views. And you don't have to travel to do that. You can just go and pay attention to some TED Talks, but that's if you're willing to learn. It's like you have to be willing to do it already because the information is already there at your fingertips because you have this in your hand. I know. So now what are you going to do with it? Are you so you, so you to... can't so you can't even blame if you're poor. Because if you have a nope, cell phone. Nope, you can't phone, blame it. It's on you now. If you have your cell phone, now it's on you. Like, you, you don't have to listen to this music all the time. You can listen to TED Talks. You can listen to this. All the information is in there. There's no excuse for you not to win. Even it no. tells you how to do things. There's YouTube now. You want to do this? There's You just put it in. It's, there's no excuses for people not to win anymore. It's you actually wanting to do the work to win. There's no excuse for you to blame your circumstances on the world anymore. You have the power in your hands to change your circumstance. I'm telling, I tell people this all the time that the power was always within you. You can't wait for someone to recognize and see your power. If you don't see it yourself, like you have to, you have to do what you have to do. There's no excuses anymore. This is not, Back in the day anymore, I understand this poverty. I understand this world sucks. I I, mm -hmm. I get it. I get it. I get it. But we can't Damn. live in a society where it's woe is me, because no one's gonna come to save you anymore. You have to figure that's, it out. That's what people need to hear. No one is coming to save you. No one is coming to no save one. you. No one. No one. No, it's the truth. Like no one is coming to save you. There's somebody that's doing way worse than you in life and they have a different perspective on how they're gonna go about doing it. They're still trying to get by. They're still trying to get through the day. The fact that uh, if you have these three needs met, you're living life better than most people. If you have food, you don't have to worry about where your food's coming from or worry about affording it, you're lucky. If you have a place to sleep, you're lucky. If you have people that love you, you are lucky. Those three things right there, Everything else now is in your hands. What are you going to do now that you have all the basics solidified for yourself? You're going to stay and complain because wherever you are, if you tell you about the next five years, okay, the next five years, the next five years, 
are going to be incredible, but that's only if you make it incredible. Or the next five years could be exactly the same as the last five years if you just keep on doing the same exact thing you've been doing for the last five years. It's all about what you're going to do. What are you going to do? Like it's for all me, about, it's next all about years, taking action. I tell people yes, all the time. Yes, you have to do it now. It people need to move with a sense action. of urgency. Mm-hmm. People need to move with a sense of urgency. Because the thing is, yes, you are physically healthy right now. You're doing great. But what if that changes? What if you get hit by a car and now you're in a cast and now you can't do this? What are you going to do? Like, you have to be so strong enough that if that happens, you, you have the, the backbone to see yourself through it. Because some people, a traumatic thing happens to them and it snaps them. And that's it. They're done. I will tell you right now, something horrible happened to me. You're talking about your instincts. And it's important for people to go with that gut instinct. It's your thought. It's your, it, it, again, I'm not religious, but that is some higher being telling you, stop, mm-hmm. go wait you know and something happened to me where i didn't listen i ignored it i, I thought like no and then the worst thing that ever happened to me happened to me i'm not gonna go into it too much because no, it's too serious it's in the book it's but it happened to me it's gonna be in the book but it put me i put a dark cloud over my head for five years wow like, it was hard and there's still days wow. where it's hard for me when i think about what happened because the thing is it's still like it's still happening i just could deal with it a lot better but you have to realize like that thing you can't have that thing break you sure it could make you go down for a little bit, but you're not down out for the count. The fight isn't over. You're still here. No. If there's still air in your lungs for you to breathe, that means there's still time for you to achieve what you're trying to achieve. So, I mean, that's how, that's how I feel. Because again, there are people that are dying today, right now in this moment. And that's it. They're done. There's nothing else they can do. Whether they accomplish what they wanted yeah. to accomplish or they wasted their life, they're done. So now it's up to you to determine how, how amazing your your funeral is going to be like i went to a funeral last year for, for pastor boyd my my grandmother's cousin and just hearing them list off her things or her different titles not that i want to die but all i'm thinking is like dang man i need to i need to up my game up because i need to I, I need them to have a whole list of things Me when too. i die Me i want too. everyone to be I, like I, I damn you know that i need i need wait wait i need to leave a legacy that even when uh-huh. i die i'm always going to be remembered not only my kids are going to remember me, but the world's going to remember me. The world. Not only my family's going to remember me, the world is going to remember me. This is how I live every single day. How am I going to leave a legacy that not only my family's going to remember me, but communities are going to remember me? Maybe it might not be the world, but I want my fire to still keep going. That's and, important. And it's important for your girls. But what I'm saying with you talking about the funeral, I get what you're saying. Like, you go to a funeral and sometimes people don't even have a long story. You're just like, is it? <laughs> is it? I mean, everyone's life is special, I guess, but there are some people whose lives are a bit more oh, special than I, others. I, I hear the tone again. I hear the tone again. <laughs> Damn it. Back Yo! to therapy I go. <laughs> you're going to make people like go slip their throats like that. <laughs> You know, because the thing is, look, 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 this is what it is. I don't want people to think of themselves as just a number. And they can easily say, I don't think of myself as just a number. Well, then stop acting like you're just a number. You know, people are walking around as if they're nothing, cannon fodder. But it's just like, no, you are a human being that could change the way things are looked at, change somebody's life, whether it just be one or a ton, um, just by simply just giving back, showing up, or just taking care of your kids, if that's it. Make that be the minimum. Just take care of it. Be present because those little kids need to be contributing members of the community when they get older. And if you're not teaching them how to do that, then you are failing. You're failing as a parent. 
you know, I know we, I know this podcast is not about parenting, but we keep on talking no, about it. No, no, we can, we can talk about we know what, how we important talk, that is. Parenting you know, is important. I'm doing especially, junior high school tours right now. You know what? Parenting is important, especially now more than ever. I when I see kids like running the streets, running amok, mm. I feel like where are you where are your parents at? Like, like who's guiding you? Like not even running the streets. The parties that I do. Some of the parties that I do when the kids are acting out and they have to hire security to keep the cop to keep the boys and things, it's just kind of like, what is your mom here? Go find your parent right now because this is insane. But this you is how I feel old, that, that, that's how I feel like that's why we need moms and dads. Because dads yeah. are mostly the, the disciplinary, where you look at your dad and he got this fear in his eyes, you're like, I'm not even gonna go there. Yeah. When you're yeah. a boy and you're taller than your mom. Yeah, yeah. Got, but he's and he's having testosterone in his body. He's yeah, looking at the mom yeah. like, "What's he gonna do to me?" Wait, hold on, Dan. I'm gonna run and get my charger. I no, 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 no. Be for so long. no, 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 we no, 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 no. Just, just, yeah, we're gonna be out. Just give all your handles. Give all your handles so we could be out. Yeah. Okay. If you guys want to keep up with me, if you're on IG, I'm at Hey Kev H E Y K E B E V. That's Instagram. If you are on. Facebook, I have an entertainment page, Kevin Thompson, the entertainer. If you'd like to reach out to me, my email address, hey Kev, again with three Vs, heykev at gmail.com. And then Kev is a host, he's an entertainer. Um, he's gonna write a book, he's a father, and also we'll be off in fitness soon. Fitness soon, yeah. So, you know, please re reach out to Kev for any of your entertainment needs. He is the go-to when it comes to being the life of the party. I want to say to Kev, thank you so much. I'm so proud of you, bro. I want to give you your cigars. You are an amazing. Thank you for this amazing conversation that we've had. We dipped into everything. So yeah. we know that you are a, an intelligent, educated, well-traveled, smart, <laughs> beautiful man. So that's why I want the ladies to know that good guys do exist. We just have to work on ourselves to attract those good guys to come to us. And if you see any red flags, run the other opposite directions because right. I'm not going to, I'm not going to believe that all men suck because there's a good man right in front of us right now. So everyone, thank you so much for coming on. I'm proud of you, sis. And I will see you next week. Bye guys. Bye. Bye.